Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Today I'm going to put a capstone on this in space. And we're gonna, we've been talking about family on mission. We've been talking about what does it mean, what does it look like to be family on mission. We know that God is not building an organization. He's building a family. Is anybody here with me this morning? God is not the CEO of heaven and that we are going to, to be employed by, by the kingdom of heaven. That is not what he's building. He's, he desires family. He desires community and relationship with us. He desires that the things that only come in family relationship. And so as we think about this journey that we're in together as a church, as you think about your own, your own family and then the, the enlarged family that God's brought us into being a part of his kingdom, we've been talking about this space of family on mission and really what it looks like um, to have a healthy family on mission. What are the components that we need? Last week I talked about having spiritual parenting taking place both in our lives and through our lives, right? The relationships that we have with others and, and taking responsibility, not just for my own personal growth, but for the people that I'm, I'm around in life and the next generation and, and being reminded that's not the responsibility of just pastors and leaders, that each one of us are invited into that space. I watch students. I watch uh, junior high and high school students parent kids back in children's ministries every week when they come and invest in their life and they're teaching them about Jesus and they're teaching them how to worship. They're taking on the responsibility of not just saying, hey, I'm just a student. I can't do it. No, no, they're, they're coming alongside this, this vision of understanding I have something to invest in the next generation. And so we talked about spiritual parenting last week and, and it can be hard work. It can be challenging work for us, but the work of parenting that we're invited to through Scripture that we see Paul talk about is really one of the most joy-filled and fulfilling things that we have in our lives because it's something, listen to me, that lives beyond us. When you think about your IRAs and your investments and all of those things and the money you get to give to your family or next generation, those things are wonderful, but can I tell you they're temporary? Is everybody with me? Like that's very temporary. All that money could be gone in an instant. And if you're giving it as an inheritance to your children, it will be gone in an instant. Right? There's just that reality. But, but what we invest spiritually into people's lives, when we help them grow their character and we, we teach them how to, how, to, how to be followers of Jesus and then how to reproduce that in the lives of that stuff is eternal. It's the things that have some longevity to it. And so we as a church family, as we grow and develop, we want to make sure that we're building healthy and strong in these spaces of family on mission. And again, we talked about spiritual parenting last week. This week, I want to talk to you about a couple of spaces that are going to help us bring some clarity on, on how we build healthy community and family. And today, I want to talk to you uh, about predictable patterns, Okay, I want to talk to you about predictable patterns in our lives and, and, and what that provides for us in relationship. So we're going to talk about predictable patterns and we're going to talk about missional purpose today in how we grow together as a church family and how we build a culture of family on mission. And, and again, we're, we're focusing on these really three spaces for us to gain some understanding of how God's kingdom works different maybe than the world around us. How many of you have ever noticed that? That the things of God, they're just different 
They're different. And sometimes they push us outside of our comfort zone. But, but can I tell you, God's doing that in us because I just want to remind you what we sang about this morning, his way is better. His way, but if God's way wasn't better, then everything that we see out in the world would be producing what you need in your life. The challenge is, is most of the things we see out in the world are actually in our lives, pulling our, our lives apart and bringing hurting, hurt and, and brokenness to us. But what God offers is wholeness and completeness. So I, I just want to make this declaration for us. We want to do things God's way. That's why we build our lives on the scripture. That's why we invite him to, to really teach and equip us. And this is what we're trying to build as a family on mission. So we're going to talk about predictable patterns today. And, and, and I just want to uh, kind of preface it this way. Jesus set the culture and how he walked with his disciples. So as followers of Jesus, the greatest example that we have is Jesus himself. And we have the Word of God to teach us. And right now, we're spending time as a church community reading through the Gospels throughout the spring here. It's one chapter a day. I want to encourage you to go on that journey with us. And if, if you've been spending time in that space of reading through the New Testament with us, you can look at these patterns that Jesus had in how he walked with the disciples. He was very clear in kind of his intent and purpose with them. He had regular meals together with them. He taught them, and he taught in the synagogues, places for them to, to learn and grow. He had times of rest and retreat. Jesus took time with routine synagogue visits and temple worship along with personal prayer. There were some rhythms and routines and patterns that Jesus was living out, and he was teaching the disciples how to do it so that they could have a healthy rhythm into their lives, all the things that he was causing to them, them to do. These are patterns he, he lived and taught to those that were following him. And, and here's the reality. Apparently, what Jesus taught to them, they caught. Because when we see the rhythms and patterns of the early church in the book of Acts, we see them doing the same things that Jesus was doing with the disciples. I want you to look with me in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. This is a passage of Scripture that we like to throw around a lot when we're trying to get everybody in the church like together. Right? We want you together. So, so this is what... I just want you to think of this in light of this was the early church living off the pattern that was modeled to them by the apostles, the pattern that was learned by the apostles from Jesus himself. So I want you to think of it in this, in this context as we read through this passage and then think of it around your life. Because here's, here's what it says. And we're going to begin in verse 42. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Seems similar to what Jesus was doing with them, right? He was teaching them. And to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Do you notice something there? All of the things that we see Jesus modeling with the disciples the early church began to devote themselves to. And here's what I want to remind you. It was different than the way that they were previously living their lives. So there's something as they became followers of Jesus and new rhythms and new patterns of their life that began to have them gather together in community. And they were spending time eating meals there. I just have a question. How many of you like eating meals with other people? Wonderful. I don't know what's wrong with this section, but... It's, it's great. Like We, we love it. Even with people sometimes that we don't necessarily like, or enjoy, we like eating food together, right? Yes. 
And food and time together is even better with people that you really enjoy being around. Right? There's just something. I, I don't know why God created this in the heart of humanity, but he did. He loves when we gather together and break bread. We, we like saying that, that Christian stuff, that we break bread together. No, we have food together. We eat a meal together. We enjoy food. We, we celebrate the gift that God's given us in that. And it's a really beautiful gift that God gives to us. It's true. And, he, and, and we see this pattern with Jesus and the disciples and what he was modeling to them and then how they took that and brought it into the early church and the community they had together. And notice that in, in the original translation, it says, and in the Lord's Supper. Where do we normally take the Lord's Supper? Anybody? Uh, uh, communion. So I'm, I want to use a terminology that we understand. Communion. Where, where do we normally do that at? Right here in church, right? You know what's interesting is the early church did that when they sat down together for a meal. And I think that's why Jesus said, hey, as often as you do this right here, as often as you break this bread and you, you drink this cup, you're remembering me. And I don't think Jesus' hope was, you know, when you gather together on Sunday, I hope you remember me. I think Jesus was, and I wish I would have done this the other night. Trey and Marcy came over and we had dinner. I wish we would have paused in that moment and just said, hey, let's take communion together. We're going to do that next time. Let's do that next time. But where we just stop for a second and just say, hey, Lord, we're remembering you in our fun gathering right here. Can you imagine how different that would make our gatherings oftentimes? If we just pause for a moment and say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for giving your body and pouring out your blood so that we could, we could be here in fellowship and community. Can you imagine what, if we did that more, what that, what that would bring to our conversation? Do you think it might, might cause something in your heart to go, man, God's been good to me lately. You think it might, might in us cause us to say, hey, how, how can I pray for you and your family? I know you guys are wrestling through some stuff. How can we, how can we, do you think it might stir something in us to be reminded of the sufficiency of Jesus in the world that we're living in today? And I think that's why Jesus modeled that to the disciples and then why the disciples made it such a big deal in their gathering together. And, and, and then it goes on to say, and, and, and they gave themselves to prayer. And I know, I know, I don't, I'm not sure why this is so weird in our culture, but we're so weird oftentimes about praying with each other. We're, we, we oftentimes make this out to be a big deal for some reason, like, like we're not qualified or we're just not good enough prayers. I don't know where that came from, but I wish I could break that over us like right now. Because nowhere in scripture do we say, hey, be a good prayer and pray with other people. In fact, Trey read to us out of Philippians today, 4, 6, like in your anxiousness, like don't, don't, don't let that overwhelm you, but but pray about everything in your life. And, and with thanksgiving, like, so as we, we hang out together, it's not weird for us just to pause for a moment and pray for each other. It's not weird for us as we're gathered together. to, to And these are the patterns and the rhythms that we see Jesus model to the apostles and the apostles are taking into the formation of the early church. The really remarkable thing about this place is that this was happening while the church was exploding. These were the foundational things that they were teaching the church as they go. I want to continue on reading in verse 43. It says, A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles and signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. Like, this is just a different way of thinking. 
There's something beautiful and unique that was God, God was doing in this place. Here, here's verse 45. Everybody wants me to skip this one, but I'm not. It's still in the Bible. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money uh, with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple, a lot like what we're doing here today. Um, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Can I just propose something to you? That the Jesus way, the early church way, the patterns by which they lived their life produced something very distinct. And it wasn't just a fun community to be a part of. It did. That was a byproduct of it, no doubt. It wasn't just a a church to go to. The byproduct of the church living in the patterns and rhythms of Jesus was that people who were lost got saved. It's interesting to me because just prior to this, when it talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and it being the, the, the Holy Spirit coming into our lives, the primary function of the Holy Spirit in our lives is not for us to speak in tongues, is not for us to be all excited, is not for us to even perform miracles. The primary function of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to give us power to do what? Be witnesses. That's what it says. So when you look at the church functioning in the rhythms and patterns that God set out for it through Jesus and that we see the early church living in, and we see the deposit of the Holy Spirit on the church in the book of Acts right here, all of those things was for the express purpose that people around our lives would come and find Jesus because of what they see in that community. Interesting. Because so many times what we think church is about is us coming and 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 having a good word or great worship. And I'm so thankful that we have those things as we gather together. But the primary function of the church is to bear witness of the goodness of God to the world that we're in by the way that we love one another, by the way that we do community and life and relationship. All of those things where people look at our lives or they see what's happening in and they go, man, I want to be a part of that community of people. They really love each other. Like they, they, they even actually like each other, right? Like, They've made the choice to be together. And that's the beautiful part of this growing nature of what family on mission is. Jesus showed us the way. The early church followed it. And the fruit of that was people grew in their relationship and knowledge of God. Why is this pattern so important? Why are patterns in general so important? Let me give you some some understanding just from a... This is, this is not even necessarily like Christendom, but let me give you some, some understanding that people from the secular world have understood about habits and patterns in our lives. Let me give you just a few, few of these. John Dryden was an English poet and writer in 1631, and here's what he, he says. He said, we first make our habits and patterns, then our patterns make us. Think about that. We, we set habits and patterns into our lives, and then from those habits and patterns that we have in our life, we're actually made into who we are. Here's, here's an interesting statement from a guy named Aristotle. Anybody ever heard of him? Greek philosopher, biologist, uh, really smart dude. And in 363 BC, he had some weird thoughts as well. But he, here, here's, here's his thought about this. Good patterns formed at youth make all the difference in life. Think about that. 
parents, what your, the, the patterns and rhythms that you're investing in your children's life now is preparing them for a good life ahead. So, so if we are haphazardly going about that, here's what's going on. Our, our children are living in a haphazard way and their future is going to be a little haphazard. But if we are intentional about that, we're building for them good patterns. That They're getting some great ways to build around their life. James Clear wrote, wrote present day, wrote a book called Atomic Habits. And um, here's what he has to say. All big things come from small beginnings. The seed of every habit is a single tiny decision that we make. Think about that. He, he went on to say this. He said, habits and patterns are not a finish line to be crossed. They are a lifestyle to be lived. What I shared with you were some quotes through some people who have really taken some hard looks at humanity and life and really, really tried to discern out the things that really would help us find success in this journey. And these are people that are, that are not people of faith, but people who have looked at the patterns of life. And they can look and go, man, if we have some healthy patterns built into our life, it will build a healthy life down the road of our life. Jesus already told us that. They're, they're just discovering it, but Jesus already told us. And not only did he tell us, but he modeled to us what those healthy patterns look like and how they impact our life. Jesus modeled predictable patterns because he knew what it would create in us. And, and, and I want to give you some, some just thoughts for you today around what predictable patterns in your life produce. For us to take it just beyond a good etherical idea and think about what, what predictable patterns in your life produce. The first thing they produce is some stability. I mean, if you know it in the world that we live in today, it does not feel very stable. But predictable patterns, these spaces of consistency, they anchor our family and specifically our children, and they keep their hearts stable in a shifting world that's around them. So when you have predictable patterns for your family and when you have predictable patterns for your own personal life, it creates these rhythms that provide anchor and stability when everything else around you is blowing and crazy and weird. The Bible actually gives us a really beautiful picture of that. It says, tells us to build our life on the rock of Jesus Christ so that when the storms come and all that crazy stuff happens, we've built on a sure foundation. That's what we're talking about here, stability. When we build healthy rhythms and patterns in our life, how we do family life together, and how we do church life together, the, those things bring us stability both to our, our, our hearts and our emotions, but it also provides environments for our children and, and those that, that are around our lives to know, man, this is a safe place for me to be. There's some, we've, we've learned this a lot as a family. We, we've adopted three kids. And as kids transition out of, things in their former life, they need this place of stability for them. They need this place of some secure ground, some stable ground. And so one of the primary things that we have done in our family is to have some healthy rhythms and patterns for our kids to grow in and to have comfort around them. And what we've seen is a fruit of that in our, in our kiddos' lives of them being able to process through the difficulty of life but know that they have some strength and stability, some strong places to put their feet on around them. And families, I can just tell you, you, you can do that. Like that, that's just a choice of how you're going to spend your time. 
how you're going to invest yourself. Uh, I, I, we, we, we've, we've learned from wonderful families that are around us, the Bopes. We've learned from their life. And they, they've, they've done for years this thing that they call worship where they, where they gather their family together and they worship and they talk about what God's doing in their life and they'll spend some time in the Word. And it's a predictable pattern for them and their kids to learn from and to grow from. And it provides stability in their life that, hey, we are a family that seeks God. We're a family that, that knows that he's the source of this for our life. And so we're going to build predictable patterns around those things for us. And, and you can do that because, again, it provides some stability. Uh, not only does it provide stability, but it provides security. Can I just tell you, in our world today, specifically for our children, they need a safe place. They need safe homes to be in and to know that, that they're going to be okay. That does not mean that in any way, shape, or form your family is perfect. It just means that you've built rhythms and patterns to keep you stable and secure through the challenges this life throws at us. And, and here's, here's the funny part. I, I was actually talking with somebody about this the other day, and they're kind of like, yeah, but, you know, patterns, they're kind of boring. You kind of get stuck in a rut. And, and I just thought on that for a second. I'm like, well, I, I guess there's some realities to that. But, but what it teaches is that in our homes, and our families, that we are not chaotic or frantic people. But we are people that are intentional about how we invest our lives. If you want to call that boring, you can call that boring. I just look at the patterns of Scripture and, and define that more as, hey, we're building foundation that is, is healthy and strong for our families and our kids and our church community to build forward on their life that isn't constantly shifting under them. Nothing worse than that in our lives. And the final thing that, that we, we see that, that, that this, this place of building predictable patterns in our life does, the final thing it does is it builds significance and belonging. It gives us some things that we are a part of, predictable patterns, that, that give us connection and community. Right? Gives us, gives us some things that we just are as a family. Our family, we like to do devotions in the morning. We've done them for years, and we go through patterns of kind of what that looks like for us, but it but it gives our, our kids and our family, gives us as parents just an opportunity to just sit before God together in the Word and, and to talk about the things that God's doing in our lives. And, and you know, often before you like elevate this to be something, it's like five or ten minutes a day oftentimes. And there's some days that we don't get to it, I know. Fire me now. <laughs> but there's just that, that, that reality, right? When we create those spaces and environments for this, it, it produces such a significance and a belonging, like, I'm a part of this. This is why we try to do some of these things as a church family, why we, we, we do reading plans together, why we encourage you to be involved in small groups, why, why we encourage you to gather together in moments like these and spend time with each other throughout the week because they're predictable patterns that are building a sense of security and belonging together, right? You, you cannot do those things, but here's the reality of it. At some point in time, you go, I just don't really feel connected with these guys. Well, yeah. Because you don't spend any time with those guys, right? And so God shows us this beautiful pattern in Scripture through Jesus of gathering together and having meals and spending time talking about the things that God's doing in our life and praying together and resting and having fun. And He built that into the life flow of the church and modeled that to us so that we had a place of belonging, so that we had a place of community. And so 
Jesus set this model out for us, and it, it just gives us these really cool things that, that as we have meals together, as we go on walks together, as we sit around a campfire, or take time in the synagogue, church, this is not a synagogue, it's just church gatherings together. As we do those things, we're finding significance and belonging. We're hearing the word of God being spoken over us, and we're reminded of, of what he thinks about us. Predictable patterns, they help to set this into our life. Um, if you talk to anybody secularly who's found success, they have very distinct, predictable patterns for their days. How they get up in the morning, how they spend the first 15 minutes of their day. All of those things, how, how they schedule their meetings and what they do in the prime times of their day when their, their mind is sharpest, right? Like, we've all read the books, or maybe you haven't. You don't have to. They're, they're out there. Lots of them, right? But, but this is the pattern that we see over and over again. Those who have healthy rhythms and patterns tend to find the greatest amount of success in the things that their hearts are desiring. And Jesus teaches us that. And he invites us into getting into the rhythms and the patterns of heaven. So let me share with you, and we'll close with this today, the three components that, that make up these predictable patterns. What are, what, when we talk about predictable patterns, we know what it kind of produces in our life, but when we talk about predictable patterns, what are, what are the kind of the components of that? What is... What does that look like for us? And John 15 was really probably one of the best examples. And I'm just going to let you in on a little secret. This is part of the reason why we felt like God led us into John 15 early on in the year when we were talking through our up relationship with God. Because it gives us this beautiful picture of what it looks like to have healthy patterns in our lives. And so the first, first thing that, that really having healthy patterns... Um, uh, components of it. The first component would be abiding, our up relationship. Examples of that would be prayer and worship. Examples of that would be, would be uh, the spaces of our life where we take time to slow down and to just be with God, to be with Him as our Father, and to have His words of affirmation being spoken over us. That's our primary space of abiding, right? So when we, when we think about predictable patterns and you're thinking about the predictable patterns of your life, you need a place of abiding consistently in your life. Even if it's just 10 minutes before you get going into your day where you just sit before God and say, God, I, I don't know about today, but I know you know what's gonna happen today, so God, I need your help today. Or maybe there are genuine moments of where you're just like, Father, thank you so much that I just get to be with you today. Thank you for your word. And you take time reading through some of the things in his word and just let that be part. We need the moments of abiding. If you're going to set up predictable patterns in your life, part of it needs to be abiding. The second thing that is super important is the space of pruning in our lives. And so we see this in John 15 where it talks about abiding, walking with Jesus. But then we also hear the instruction of Jesus that there's going to be pruning that takes place in our life. Well, what does that mean? Well, oftentimes we think of pruning as a bad thing. We think of pruning as this is bad in your life, I'm cutting it off. That's not what John 15 teaches us. John 15 teaches us that God prunes you so that you can produce more fruit. Right? So in other words, this is a really good thing. So when you think about the predictable patterns of your life and you're setting up some of the, the, the pruning components of your life, how many of you know it's okay to say no to some things in your life? I don't think you believe what I'm saying. It's super important that as you're setting predictable patterns for your life, some things have to go. 
some things that are just sucking life, some things that are not healthy, some things that maybe are bearing fruit, but God wants it to bear greater fruit. Sometimes we just need to slow down a little bit. And so we've got to create space and environment for that to happen. And a lot of times, you know where that happens is in our end relationships with each other. When I'm sitting down with Richard and he's like, man, I have been going full tilt, nonstop, all the time. I'm like, dude, when are you going to take a break? Oh, yeah, I should do that. Not that Richard needs help with that, but... (laughs) Right? Like, that's important for us in relationship and community. Sometimes we need somebody to just look us in the eye and say, hey, I love you enough to say, you're going too fast. Slow down. Let's, let's, Let's go have a meal together and just slow down. Right? We, we need that place of pruning in our life. But there's also the other components of pruning that's producing fruit in us. And that's, that's the spaces where words of affirmation are being spoken into our life. Where we're hanging around the right people who, who are bringing words of life to you. We actually do this as a family as well. Oftentimes in our devotion times, and this is really my wife's brain, like this is something that was deeply in her heart. We've taught our kids how to have what we call affirmation moments or declaration moments. Whereas we're together, oftentimes we'll have them speak a, a declaration over their brother or their sister, right? They're, they're having to think outside of themselves and think of something good about somebody else, right? And then the beautiful part of that is when you're in community, that's reciprocal, right? You're, you're receiving and, and giving that place of affirmation. And, and that's, that's a beautiful part of being in community. We all need that. Whether you like it or not, we need community that's building us up. In fact, if you actually look at the New Testament church, this is what was constantly being challenged to them, was to come alongside and build one another up. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says it like this. The writer of Hebrews says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm that God can be trusted to keep His promise. That right there, you can just take that and leave today and it's going to be a good week for you. Right? This is what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Hey, let's hold firm to this reality that that the God that we serve can be trusted and that he keeps his promises. And then this is what he goes into saying. So let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So in other words, from the place of understanding that God is trustworthy and he's good, he's going to complete the things that he's promised he's going to do in your life, let that foundation motivate us to motivate one another to love and good deeds. These actions that, are, that come out of our lives. And it goes on to say, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And I just want to say to you, the day of Jesus' return is drawing near. I know that because we live in a linear time frame, and Jesus said he's coming back, so it's just kind of me nearer and nearer and nearer every day. So I don't, I don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that one out, right? Yeah. Having said that, I think we live in a very unique time in history where the coming of Jesus might be closer than we even anticipate. When we just look about what's going on in our world. And so my responsibility as a, as a, as a pastor, a leader, a shepherd is to say, hey, the time's drawing near. It's near to us. So how are we going to live our lives in this moment? And the encouragement from the writers of Hebrews is this place is to encourage one another to love and good deeds. Encourage, strengthen, push each other, motivate each other. Come alongside and say to that person, hey, we can finish this race. Let's do this thing. I know life is hard right now, but we got this. I'm with you. You're not alone, right? And then it goes on to say, and don't neglect spending time together. 
well, I know, but I just got so many things on my schedule this week, and I just don't know that I can, can do another coffee, and I've got all these work things going on. The kids have 19 sports events that we got to be at, and all of this stuff, right? Come on, you're with me in this. And so, so when we think of this, we think of Jesus and, and the writer of Hebrews just telling us, you, can, you need to do more. No. You need to eliminate some of the things in your life that really aren't producing life, or there needs to be some pruning that takes place. And you need to find places of community where life is being poured into you and where you can pour that into others. That's what we need. We, we need a little bit of pruning so that there can be greater fruitfulness in our life. You guys with me on this? And that's the beauty of what Jesus is, is teaching us here and what he's inviting us to and what predictable patterns bring into our lives. And so in your predictable patterns, you need to have the abiding space. You need to have some of the pruning, people that you're around that are helping you grow in that. And, and I love what Thessalonians says, 5.11 says this, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. And I just want to say this over you. Because I really believe this about our church community and, and how, how we're trying to do life together. Hey, you're, you're already doing some of these things. Keep doing it. And if you're learning it and it's a new space for you, lean in. It'll be worth it, I promise. But just keep doing it. Build one another up. How many of you know people around your life who could use a little building up? I could name probably 15 or 20 people right now just around my life that I know could use a word of encouragement and life to them, something that would build them up and strengthen them. And ironically, God has given me a voice and relationship in their life to be able to do that very thing. And yet, how many times do I not do that? Just because of pace. Just because I don't have the pattern of that built in my life. Here's the new pattern that I'm trying to, and I want to build in my life, is a pattern of sending words of encouragement to people. We have these amazing devices called cell phones, and they send these things called texts. And they're amazing because you can be anywhere, anytime, and so can the other person, and they can receive that word of encouragement, and it makes a big difference in their life. And can I tell you, it doesn't cost you anything. I mean, whatever your phone bill is, but it's fractional. Right? Really what it costs you is a few seconds to just say, God, who can I send a word of encouragement to today? Like, think about that. It's not a hard thing. We just don't do it very often. Why? Because we don't have a predictable pattern of doing that in our lives. Okay? So predictable patterns provide the platform and atmosphere for who we are and who we are becoming. Your family can do these things. I just want to encourage you in this. If you're looking at your life and your family and the things that you've already got going and all that kind of stuff, and you're like, man, I just can't fit another thing in. I'm not asking you to fit another thing in. I'm asking you to consider maybe a new way of doing some things in life. Things that Jesus invited the disciples to that were different than what they were doing previously. How many of you know that previously disciples were fishermen and tax collectors and they were doing lots of different things? things. And, and they put some new patterns in their life when they came to follow Jesus. The early church, when they came to follow Jesus, put some new predictable patterns in their life. The gathering together, having meals together, praying for one another. All, their friend groups changed a little bit. All of those things began to happen because they were a part of a new kingdom now. You can do that in your families. There's nothing that says your kid has to play in 19 different sports. And it, can I tell you, there's nothing wrong with athletics. Our kids are in sports. But we use that as a platform for us to be a family on mission. They're not just sporting events and things that we go to, but they're part of how we connect with our community as well. So think about those things. Think, think again, what, what we're trying to do is get our mind wrapped around a kingdom mindset as opposed to just doing life like everybody else is doing life, right? 
And then the final thing, third space of this that, that we see, so we, we see the abiding, we see the pruning, and here, here's the beautiful component of this. What that produces is fruitfulness in our life. So the third space, when you're thinking about predictable patterns in your life, you want to you build predictable patterns that have a fruitfulness component to them. The out component of our life. What does that look like in relationship with our, our neighbors? What does that look like in relationship with a sporting community that you're involved in? What, what are those relationships? And, and, and here, can I challenge you this morning? Um, you have to be on mission in those spaces. In other words, if, if we're saying, hey, I'm just getting together with my neighbors because they're next door and that's a fun thing to do and they want to do a barbecue, I want you to rethink that for a second. Why am I connecting with my neighbors? What has Jesus invited me to in relationship with them? How can we as a family on mission model to them the wonderful patterns and rhythms that we have in our life? And how can that benefit them and their family and their life, right? It's the place of understanding that the relationships and the influence that God's given you in your life is not just so that you have influence. It's so that other people can see him through our lives. Men? So when we talk about this, remember these were these, these patterns that we see in the early church, these patterns that we see in Jesus and his disciples in the early church's formation, these things, these were new followers. These were new, new people. They, they, they didn't have all these things. They were building new patterns and new rhythms in their life, but they were rhythms and patterns that had purpose to them. Okay? They had purpose to them. And so when we think about this, I want to transition us into this place of how we live out missional purpose. Mission app purpose. That's a new word. We're going we're gonna to start using that around here as a church. You guys are just going to have to remember because I don't think I'll remember that. Missional purpose is this place right here of making disciples of Jesus who are making disciples. So when you think about why you get out of bed every morning, can I just encourage you as a family on mission, we're, we're thinking about spiritual parenting we're talking about having predictable patterns in our life, and, and, and we must live with missional purpose. Why do we get up every day? As a follower of Jesus, it's not to go earn money so that you can buy a new house or a new car. And again, none of those things are wrong. Those are part of, of rhythms in life. They're part of the, just the, the beauty of what God's created in humanity. But that's not your why. Your why has got to be something bigger than that. And our why as followers of Jesus, and we see this all throughout the pattern of Scripture, God gave it to Adam and Eve in the garden. We see it all throughout what Jesus did in the New Testament with us was this reality that we're bringing people into relationship with Jesus Christ so that they can be people that take that same thing that God's done in them and carry that into other people's lives. This is our why. We gather together as church family. This is, this is why we we take the message of the gospel to the nations of the earth. This is why we do mission trips. This is why we do community outreach in our, in our city. This is why we do all the things that we do is not, not just so that we feel better about ourselves or our life, but so that other people can experience the goodness of God in them so that they can become followers of Jesus, right? And then from that place in their life, they can help other people become followers of Jesus. That's what Jesus invited us to. And so we're going to learn in this space of our life. And I, maybe this is a new idea for you, this missional living. But I would really encourage you, maybe take some time this week to ask yourself your why. And, I, and, and here's what we, we all want to be unique. Well, I want my why to be unique from your why. 
And here's, here's what I want to share with you. In the body of Christ, and, and as followers of Jesus, we are living on the why of the kingdom, first and foremost. It's what gives us the general context of our life. But how you live in that why is unique to the influence and spaces God's put you in. So how you live out your why of, of making disciples and helping, helping other people to make disciples of their, 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 their community that they're around, how you live that out in your life is going to be unique because you have unique people around you. So, so the expression of that, what that looks like, the, the, the way that you connect with your neighbors, the way that we connect in community together, we're going to try and set healthy, predictable patterns to give us some model for that. But, but some of that's going to look different for you than it is for me. Our why hasn't changed. We're still on the mission of heaven, right? Everybody with me this morning? But the truth of the matter is how that's being expressed through your life is going to be a little bit different than how it's being expressed through my life. And that's totally okay, just as long as our why is still the same. Because what that gives us is a common goal. When I sit down with you, our common goal is that we would help other people know Jesus and his love for them, and then teach them how to share that with other people. That's our goal. There's lots of pathways that we kind of journey down that path. But here's what I want to say. As a church family, we are not confused about our mission, why we're here. We want to help everybody know God, live free, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Why? Because that's them getting to know the person of Jesus, living in what he created them for, and commissioning them out to go help others do the same thing. That's why we are here. That is our mission. And so when you think about your own life and you think about why you get out of bed and put your two feet on the floor and move out of that space every day, we've got to live for something bigger than just the, the, the dollar or the whatever that's in front of us. We want to live on kingdom mission. So when we talk about family on mission, those are the three things we're talking about. Spiritual parenting, the growth, connection space of our life. When we're talking about the predictable patterns, which we talked about today, you being intentional about the patterns that you're building in your life around the kingdom of God, around the body of Christ, around being those who extend that out into the community that's around us, and learning how to be a people that live on, on, with missional purpose. This is what it means to be family on mission. This is what God is weaving into our hearts and community. This is why small groups are important. This is why connecting together in relationship and community. This is why going to lunch with people afterwards. This is why stopping for a few minutes after each message and just talking together in community builds these types of things in our hearts with one another. And this is what we're inviting you into is these predictable patterns that Jesus modeled to us. Are they important? Only if you want to live as a family on mission. Only if you want to be a part of what Jesus is doing, right? And I don't, I don't mean that as like this ultimatum. I'm just, it's an invitation to you to say, yeah, this is important to me. I, I want to live my life as as a person on mission. I want our family to live life on family on mission. I want our church family to be a family on mission. That when we get done with this race and we get done with this journey that we're in, that we get to hear the sweetest words from Jesus' lips, well done. Well done. If I, if I tell you my number one heart cry for you as a pastor, it's that when you get to the end of your journey, you get to hear those words from him. That's what I live for. This is what I pastor for. This is why we're committed to this local church and walking in community because we want you at the end of your journey to hear from Jesus. Well done. Well done. Come on, let's hang out. Let's go, let's go enjoy this, this eternity together. That's what I want for you. 
And I hope that's what you want for your own life as you see just the beauty of who, who he is. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to take just a few minutes. We do this at the end of every one of our services. We take some time just to talk together in community. I, I also just want to say this. Maybe you're here today and you're hearing about all this stuff, family, community, Jesus, all this, and maybe you haven't begun a relationship with him. Can I just tell you, it's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life to invite Jesus to come be the central part of who you are. He already died on the cross for you. He's already forgiven you of your sin. This is an opportunity for you to just say, hey, Jesus, I, I receive what you did for me, and I want you to be Lord of my life. I, I want to I do things your way, Jesus. And if that's you here today, as you gather in a group or uh, a few of our team will be around, if that's you and you just want to kind of take the next step in that or you want to ask some people in your group, it, it, these are great times for us to make a decision to say, Jesus, I'm going to come follow after you. And, and oftentimes we make it out to be these funky, it's, it's, it's an engagement of a relationship with the lover of your soul, the one who created you, the one who gave his son to die for you. Man, he just so wants relationship with you. And so whether you're online or you're here in person, we want to invite you to, to take your next step in relationship with the Lord. As we, as we close out our time today, here's the question that we're going to talk about just in our, in our groups that's going to help us kind of solidify some of the things in our hearts. What are some predictable patterns you want to start building in you, your life, your family? What are some, some things? And I want you to really take and put some thought into this this morning. Just stop for a second. And maybe it's, hey, I want to build a, a consistent devotional time, not just for me, but with my family. Or, hey, we want to, we want to build this out component of our life. And we want to start once a month or maybe every week. Every week would be a lot. But we want to start getting our neighbors together. And we just want to have dinner together and begin to build deeper relationship or community. Or for, maybe for you. Maybe it's, hey, I'm going to jump in the reading plan. And I'm going to read through the New Testament with my church family. And we're going to grow this space together. Whatever it is, what, what predictable patterns do you want to build in your life uh, based on what we see Jesus teaching the disciples and what the disciples taught the early church to do. It'll be great, I think, great conversation for us today. Let me pray over you, and then we'll jump into our moments of conversation. God, we thank you, God, that we get to be here today. Lord, we thank you for the patterns of your word. Lord, that didn't leave this like vague, uh, mysterious way of building healthy rhythms and patterns in our life. And, and Lord, we pray today, Lord, as we just talk and discuss, as we think about the days that are ahead of us, Lord, as we just look at our own family life, God, and recognize there's, there's some things that maybe we can adjust or, or some things that we just need to get back in the patterns of doing. Lord, we pray that you would uh, just guide our conversation today. Lord, let us be those that are attentive to what you're speaking, God. And Lord, we thank you that it's not just us trying to do more things. Lord, it's, it's your spirit working in us, Lord, to create inside of us Lord, a family on mission. Lord, that we would represent you, Jesus, well in the world that we're in today. So, Lord, we just thank you for this time. We pray for the grace, Lord, to step into some new patterns. Lord, we pray for the, the faithfulness, God, to stay with them. And, Lord, we pray that through that, Lord, we would see the wonderful fruit that you produce from those spaces in our lives. So we love you. Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, I just speak your blessing over each family and individual God, that as they go from this place today, God, that their lives and their families would be richly blessed in you, Lord, that in every way they would see your goodness and your faithfulness over them, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.